This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart devices podcasting platform. Welcome to In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Professor Gershon. Good morning, Liz. It is great uh, to be with you this morning, and I uh, hope you're having a good day. And I, I hope you know. I know we have listeners in uh, North Mississippi and and uh, West Tennessee, and I hope they're driving carefully today because uh, we're having an ice storm. And and with that, uh, we you know by coincidence we happen to have Eric Brown, who is the general counsel for the Mississippi Department of Public Safety, with us today. And we're really pleased to welcome him. Uh, uh, Eric, good morning, and, and uh, thank you for joining us on the show today. Good morning. Thank you for having me here. Um, it's fun to be back, and this time we're not talking about just cars, so I'll probably do a little <laughs> bit better than, than last time. Well, we, we always appreciate you. And, uh, and, and you know, tell, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and, and the work you do with the Department of Public Safety? Sure. Um, I'm from Mississippi. I uh, grew up in uh, Terry, went to public school there, went on to uh, – College at Mississippi College, earned my four degree there, went to grad school at Southern Miss, um, and then uh, went to law school at MC Law, and I have been practicing law since 2000, uh, since I graduated in 2008, and I've been at the Department of Public Safety for the past uh, four and a half years. Well, one, one of the things we like to do on the show is, is uh, let people know what lawyers do. I mean, I think they have kind of a general concept, but they don't realize what, you know, all the very things that you can do with a law degree, and so... What is the role of the general counsel's office for the Department of Public Safety? Well, sure. The the great thing is I don't do it alone. We have you know three other attorneys that work in the office on the second floor with me, and we have a boss, our chief counsel, Mac May, that kind of guides us to where we need to go and make sure that we take care of our clients. Our clients are the entire Department of Public Safety and those subdivisions within the Department of Public Safety. There are so many subdivisions. Yes. The, <laughs> it, it's uh, the Highway Patrol, the, the Bureau of Investigations, the Bureau of Narcotics is in there, obviously, the Public Safety Planning, Criminal Information Center. Uh, and then the ones that I get to work with all the time, the Driver Service Bureau, which everyone seems to, to know about because they've got a license. And then, of course, the Medical Examiner's Office uh, and the Crime Lab. So I'm lucky to get to work with a wide range of clients. I've got doctors that sometimes call me for interesting issues. And then I've got people that are really upset because uh, their license might be expired or suspended and don't know why. So you've got a, you've got a big range of people to, to, to represent and, and help. And, uh, and today, though, you said you're going to do some training. Would you tell us a little bit about the training that you're going to be doing today? Yes. Uh, later this afternoon, though, I'll be at the Mississippi Law Enforcement Officers Training Academy teaching a course, uh, an introduction to law to the cadet class that just started this past Sunday. Uh, so we've got uh, members of the general public that wanted to attend uh, the training academy to try to become uh, worthy enough to wear the badge and become a trooper with the Mississippi Highway Patrol. And if they successfully complete the time uh, and pass their tests, you know, then maybe they'll join those ranks, but we'll see. But we're at the very beginning. So, of course, like anything at the very beginning, you got to got to start somewhere. So, you know, this week we'll be doing – uh, very introductory phrases uh, and words, terminology, vocabulary, things like that. 
You should suggest they listen to in legal terms. <laughs> I don't think they have access to that oh, at okay. the moment. You know, they're, they're, they, are much, they are very much in a bubble. I think some of them don't even know who won the AFC championship game, and I'm trying to determine whether I want to mess with them about that when I get there. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, well, that's, I, I think that training is, is so important. I mean, just quickly, if you could tell us a little bit about like what – you mentioned phrases. What kind of things do they learn in, the, in this academy uh, on a le- from a legal point of view? Sure. That, but they go through a, a myriad of, of topics that they'll go through and some that I don't know anything about. So as I say to everyone, I've never worn the badge. I've never pulled over a person, nor have I ever uh, done anything when it comes to law enforcement itself. But I have worked in the criminal justice field for this long, so I have an understanding of what is seems to be acceptable in court. And I have an understanding of what the Mississippi Supreme Court and Court of Appeals has said should or should not happen. So I try to take that understanding, bring it into the classroom, and tell them, hey, these things are, are, are acceptable, these things are not. Uh, but when it comes to legal, our biggest part is making sure that they understand some basics and some things that we really get the details in, right? So, for, for instance, we have uh, classes on constitutional law, uh, state statutes. Uh, Rules of the Road, which is an entire title, a chapter within the Title 63 that deals with traffic and infractions. Uh, obviously, DUI work um, and just public speaking. We have a we have a mock trial course they go through. They learn how to testify. Um, I get to cross examine them uh, like I used to do all the time when I was a defense attorney and try to show them here's some pitfalls of things that you can try to avoid. Um, and just a lot of you know hands on training that we can give them. Uh, in the academy as much as possible. But that's just – the legal part is just, you know, that's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the, the, all the – those guys working there, those, those uh, members of MHP who are attack officers, they're doing the heavy lifting. We try to just do what we can to help out, to, to assist in whatever way they need. Well, that's so great and so important, and uh, and we appreciate your work. And, and you know, let's, let's talk about something new that's happening in Mississippi, and we're kind of – you and I were talking about it before the show. We're on the uh, forefront of this. We're, we're one of the first states to adopt this. Now, talk a little bit about mobile ID and how that's going to work. Well, I think everybody knows what an ID is. And I, I think the the abbreviation is kind of funny. You know, they get it's ID. The I is, I guess, just for I. And the D is for, I guess, identification. But it's, just, it's, the, it's the ID. The D seems to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting in that abbreviation there. That's a that's a Norm McDonald joke. I didn't make that one up myself, but they, uh, one of my favorite ones, and I've probably said way too many times at work. Um, but in a nutshell, the mobile ID is a digital version of the current state issued ID that you already probably have, whether it be your ident- just your regular uh, state ID or whether it's your driver's license itself. Whatever format you have that identification, um, you can then we have a mobile ID version of it. Uh, it's not required for people to have, but it's an option that the legislature uh, wants people to have access to if they wish to use it. And you get this from an app on your phone. Can you have it on a tablet? You could. I mean, but but here's what I'll say. Wherever you've got it, if you try to put it somewhere else, it's going to go away from the place that it was. You can only have it in one place. You know, it, it is it's a highly secure digitized version of your state issued identification that you can use as an app on your phone. Um but we're one of the first states to offer it. Uh, there's only 10 states out there that are about 10 that are doing it right now. Um, Delaware, Oklahoma, Arizona, Utah, Florida, Maryland, Louisiana. 
you know, in Mississippi's on, on the front end of this, and that's a, a, a part of the leadership that we have, obviously, at the Department of Public Safety saying this is a difficult task, but it's something that we can tackle uh, and that with the administration we currently have and the leadership that we have and the people working there, uh, we can do it. So we're working with lots of other agencies and making sure that they understand how it works, uh, and we're making sure that the general public can understand it and use it if they'd like to, and that's where we are right now. Like I said, there is no law that people have the mobile ID. That's not it. But we've already got laws in place that help people out in, when it comes to the di- digital world. If you don't have your insurance in your car, your proof of insurance, the statute already allows you to show the officer proof of the insurance in a digitized version, whether it be on your phone or a picture or whatever you have, because some people just don't have that. You know, And I don't know if you've noticed, but some insurance companies don't mail those cards out anymore. They send you an email, and they say either print it or put it in your you know phone. So if we're already there when it comes to proof of insurance, when it comes to showing your identification, which you're required to do if an officer asks for it when you're pulled over as the driver, then the mobile ID is another way to go if you happen to have left, left your wallet at home or if you just, just just prefer to use the mobile ID. So that's that's where we are right now. I am so excited to get into this, and I'm wondering if Jay White, our uh, engineer here, who is also the everyday tech host, he's going to be listening. Ooh, that's something he can take back to the everyday tech hosts Wednesdays at uh, 10 a.m. that he can uh, let them know about and I've tried to download it, but I can't download it on my phone. So we're going to try to see how how that gets straightened out. You can send us your email questions. Legal terms at mpbonline.org is our email address. We are discussing what's new at the Department of Public Safety with our friend Eric Brown from the General Counsel's Office. Gone. Gone are the days where you have to sit and wait at the DMV. I'm going to tell you about that next. But I still have those stories to tell, like, you know, walking uphill both ways to school in the snow. But well, gone, gone are the days where you have to sit and wait. This is in legal terms. Not everybody has a chance to listen to our show live. So if you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, in legal terms. Dot mpbonline.org. Our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. Okay, so when my daughter first took the driver's written test, we had to take a number and we waited six hours. Six hours. But that's gone. But how, how old is your daughter, though? Because, I mean— She's that, 30. Okay, yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's like four administrations ago. I know, I know. You and can I'm, put that but, on me. But I, mean. I, I have—no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's just how excited I am that now, when you go to the Mississippi Department of Public Safety's website, dps.ms.gov, you can select driver service appointment, and you can pick a time. And, um, you know, you can select if you're doing a first-time license, a renewal, a reinstatement of your driver's license, firearm permits, sex offender registration. Mm-hmm. There's so much, and you can make an appointment. You don't have to wait six hours. No. no, if you've got a good book, you know, I don't know. You can, what was that? There's like, there was a commercial where the gal pretended it took a long time to make Rice Krispie treats so she could sit and read her book in the kitchen. But anyway, you don't have to do that. You don't have to wait. You can make an appointment. 
And this morning, we're learning all about uh, your rights and what's new at the Mississippi Department of Public Service with our guest, General Counsel Eric Brown. And this is this is so great, such uh, great information. It's great that you know we, we have this opportunity here in Mississippi. And and Eric, when you how how quickly can you up uh, you know up uh, renew I should say your license uh, if you use the app. Yeah, so look, this is this will be clear that the I, the app is not a replacement for the physical ID right now. The app is just something to put alongside it, right? So it's just like, hey, I've got my ID, but I want the mobile ID with me just in case because maybe I won't have it when I don't know I'm on my boat or you know I'm driving in the car and left my wallet at the house, whatever that is. The mobile ID is just it's very secure. I mean, like, and I even hate to say this, but I think the mobile ID is probably more secure than any physical ID that's out there because I mean everybody knows a story. When we were growing up of somebody that was making a fake ID or, or using someone's ID and passing it off as their own. You can't do that with a mobile ID. You can't, you can't create it without the person, and the person has to have their face there to open up the app to even start it. So you can't just even get into it for, for any reason. So what I want people to realize is that the information that is used for the mobile ID is already stored in the place that it's stored, even if we didn't have the mobile ID, right? So all this information that we have about people, or, or it's already there. This app that's only on your phone can only be accessed by you if you have your physical ID and you then scan it with the mobile app ID and you go through the the, uh, the rigmarole of using your face and moving it all around and making sure that it sees what it sees. Um, so it's a it, like I said, it's just a companion that goes along with the ID. So that's that's important to know. It's free to download. Obviously, it doesn't cost anything. Uh, it's this MS Mobile ID. You'd find it in any app store that are out there. Uh, the company that puts behind behind it is Idemia, I D E M I A. Uh, and you just want to make sure that you know you, you know use your your best judgment when you're looking at these different apps out there. I've not seen anything that looks like it's not uh, legitimate out there for Mississippi Mobile ID. Uh, the app store it, it does a good job on keeping that that straight, but that's that's where we are. The good thing is when you make any changes on your ID, let's say you have to go in and say, "Hey, I'm updating my address, I'm doing this, I'm renewing my license." It's almost an instant change between that 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 happening that day at the station at the driver service bureau station and your mobile ID itself. So we're not allowing people to do renewals on their phone by itself because you know that's going to take a while to get there we just have this is where we are now the good thing is you can get notifications from the department of public safety about your license to your mobile id so if you're one of those people like everybody i seem to know that has an address on their license where they no longer live you're not getting the letters we send you and that's the only way we know to get in touch with you so if you change your address then obviously you'll get the right letter. But if you haven't done that and you have the mobile ID, you can get notifications to your phone about your license. Last month, my license expired, which is very uh, embarrassing to admit as the lawyer that represents the Driver Service Bureau. Uh, but uh, two days after it expired, I went in there and fixed it. Uh, and within a, a few moments of it, me renewing it, I got the, the information on my phone that showed that it was updated, which was good. And you're you're too busy taking care of everybody else. You know that uh, <laughs> just, you didn't take care of yourself. My, <laughs> my father was my father was an eye doctor, and I was the only kid sent home from the fifth grade who needed <laughs> to have my eyes examined for glasses. And my mother never let my father forget that. That I, you know, he. So I, it, you know, we get busy, right? But uh, but I'm glad you you told us about that. I think that's really a great benefit. You know, people will order um, 
Big Macs on their phone and their 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 credit card information and everything mm-hmm. else is on there and they have no problem with that. Um, how you know? Do you think this is going to be something that people will use uh, pretty pretty freely, pretty pervasively? Yeah, we we see this going to where like let's say you're walking into the casino and you want to you know you don't don't quite look 21 yet and they want to check and see you know there's a way that you can show not all of your information but just show that you're over the age that it requires you to be in the room. So the 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 greatest thing about the mobile ID right now is you get to control what people see. It's not like it's just a picture of your ID. If you're going to rent a car uh, and you only want to show them that you're over the age of 25. You can click on rent a car, and it's only going to show them that part with that real ID emblem that verifies that it is what it is, and it just shows you're 25 or older. It doesn't give everybody up. I always thought it was strange when you go buy alcohol or something that you need an ID for that you have to give the license to the persons behind the counter that you don't even know, and now they know where you live and everything else about you because it's right there on the ID. The mobile ID lets you stop that from happening. You just say, hey, this shows that I'm 21 or over, and this is where we are. So we've been trying to educate, obviously, people out there. We've worked with ABC. We've worked with the Department of Revenue. We've worked with the Gaming Commission, uh, and we're making sure that they understand how this works. And they're implementing ways to accept it and to make this an acceptable form of identification. We're not there yet exactly, but we're wanting the public to know this is where this is going. There, there's no question that's where this is going. And you're working with law enforcement. We they are. know about it, we too? Are. We are. Uh, we, we spent the last, uh, in October and November, we taught 500-plus troopers, hey, this is what mobile ID is. Here's here, if, they, if you pull over someone and they don't have their license but they have the mobile ID, you should accept that as a form of ID because that's a we're making the ID. It's a Department of Public Safety credential. There's no reason for law enforcement not to accept it, especially if it's under the umbrella of the Department of Public Safety. Would you hand your phone to a law enforcement person or would you just show it to them? You don't have to. So the great part is there, and another person, whether it be the officer or whether it be the gas station attendant or someone else, can have the companion app that scans it, right? So you would just show, you would just display it. They would use their phone to then scan and then it pulls up and it shows whether it's verified or not. Uh, and that's how they that, that and law enforcement can use that's a free app as well. So it's the other side of it. So that's out there for them to use. Uh, there's no reason uh, that, there's no reason for anybody to have to give over their phone. That's not what this is at all. You can be able to protect your Fourth Amendment rights to hold what you want to hold without having to give it up uh, to, to anyone at all. It's just going to show that's it. And the statute says that when someone's driving a car and law enforcement asks for the license, they are they must display it. They, it's not a question. I, there's a lot of YouTube lawyers out there that like to espouse a lot of things that I'm always screenshot and shown later on Facebook, which seems to be where everyone goes to get a law degree now. But I get my law degree <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's just not that, that that's the, the case. It's very clear. The law says that if a, a law enforcement officer asks for the license of a driver, they must give it. We got to make sure the person has a license to drive. You know, it's a privilege. It's not a right to drive the vehicle. So you got to you got to be able to display it. All right. We are talking today with our guest, Eric Brown. He's the general counsel for Mississippi Department of Public Safety. We're excited to learn about the new mobile ID, but he knows lots of things about lots of things. So we will get more information from him. Let's go to Yazoo City and speak with Bell. Bell, we're glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question? I have a fuss, and I don't know how it got abolished. 
Uh, first, I'll say exactly what the problem is and then a little bit more. Okay, I want to know uh, who in the world did away with these mobile uh, driver's license bureaus that used to come around to the different county seats from time to time. That was so easy to go in there and renew a license. Um, and uh, what I want to say in my situation, um, I'm over 75, and I um, I have developed eye problems, so I don't have a license, but I need a state ID. And uh, from what I gather, I am supposed to go to Jackson to get this. That's expensive, and it's inconvenient. And uh, I'll go for an answer now, and if I'm ignorant of something going on i do apologize thank no, you no ma'am that's not the case at all i just i don't know you know who's giving you certain information but i want to make sure you get good information obviously look yeah. any, any bells in yazoo city yeah any brick and mortar uh, uh driver service bureau station should be able to issue you a state id it wouldn't have to be in jackson so it could be any location you'd want to go um the only reason that you would ever need to go into the station to actually do the business that you need to do in the actual station is if your photo is too old uh, the federal law requires that we have an updated photo within 10 years of the person that's asking for the ID, whether it be a license, a CDL, or, or a state ID. Uh, so under federal regulations, we're required to make sure we have a, a picture of someone every 10 years. So if you're getting a state ID or you're getting a license and you and you choose the four-year option, you can renew without showing up at the at the actual station. Now, if it's been a long time, and maybe we don't have documents on file that we needed to have because it's just been a long time since you've had a license or an ID, we probably would need to see the person in that in that instance. Um, to answer your question, though, about the the, the uh, I think you said I think you called it a mobile ID, more like a van that went around and kind of helped people out in different places. Uh, the problem with that is every time technology changes and upgrades, you have to then do the same thing with that vehicle that would drive around uh, and. Sometimes there's instances where we just don't have the resources to make those as readily available as we wish we could. So some of that money that's been spent has been diverted towards what what ways can people use their own computers at their own homes to renew their licenses and deal with certain issues. Uh, but we do have ways that we can help those that need the help uh, to get to the stations. There's, uh, there's, there's programs available that can help you get where you need to go. Um, but I don't mind taking your information off the air or, uh, or and trying to see what we can do to see. You may just have a situation where you can renew without showing up at the station, but just are unaware that that's the case. Yeah. yeah well, I would need to get a new picture. Okay. Yeah. And that and that's yeah. something we're going to have to do, and, and, and we're going to have to get that picture. But I can definitely see if there's a a, a way we can help in, in some other way. So, Bill, we're going to put you on hold. And our uh, producer, Jay White, is going to take some information from you so that uh, our, our good friend, Eric Brown, from the General Counsel's Office of Department of Public Safety could maybe help you out. Yeah, Eric, I'm looking at the map for uh, – there's a big old hole <laughs> mm-hmm. from Greenville to Greenwood to Vicksburg to Jackson. There's just nothing in, in that area, there aren't any actual brick-and-mortar facilities. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, if, if you don't need a new photo, uh, I guess doing things online for those individuals, that would really 
behoove them to right. do that. I just want to make sure people realize you don't have to go to Jackson to get the things done. There, there might be a place that might be closer to you wherever you are, regardless. I, I'm aware that there's a, there's a whole of the Yazoo City area, but that's that's where, that's where we are now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish we could put up a place everywhere we needed one. Uh, that would be helpful, obviously, but it's just it's pretty difficult. We we would love to have more people working with the Driver Service Bureau. I'd like to have more driver's license examiners. We'd like to have more everything to make it better. We're, we're working with what we have. Uh, well, we hear there's a big <laughs> budget surplus, so maybe that'll come <laughs> that'll come into y'all's budget. Yeah. We'd love for you to email us your questions. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. We're talking with General Counsel Eric Brown about your rights with the Mississippi Department of Public Service. Hey, are you an observant citizen? We'll tell you how you can help out law enforcement in Mississippi Next, you're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast. Uh, You know, we were talking a little bit earlier about Eric is going to go talk to the Mississippi Highway Patrol's Law Enforcement Training Center. We had the director of the training of North Mississippi Law Enforcement Center on our show That was December 21st of 2021. So if you know somebody who is interested in a career in law enforcement, you might want to listen to that podcast from December 12th, 2021. The he that uh, told us a little bit about what goes on at these training centers. This morning, we are talking about digital IDs and how the Mississippi Department of Public Service works for you. And our guest is General Counsel Eric Brown. But here we go. Who Do we have any observant listeners out there? If you would like to anonymously report information regarding crimes and save law enforcement agencies hundreds of investigative man hours in solving those crimes, you can call the Crime Stoppers tip line. Easy to remember. It's one 888 Crimes. That's also on their website. We'll have a link to that on our uh, information for this show. Eric, you got some fan mail in our email just now. Oh, no. Uh, No question. Just wanted to say that Eric is crucial to our success when teaching our MHP cadet classes. He carries the team. Thankful for him. This is uh, from Jordan and Danita. Oh, that's very so. <laughs> nice. Those are, those are my, uh, my colleagues that are at the office listening. They, they should probably be working, but I'm not, I'm not going to tell their <laughs> hey, boss this that. Hey, this, this, is, this, is, this, is this is all part of it. We are learning all about the Department of Public Safety, and we have a call from Elizabeth on the road. What a fantastic name. Elizabeth, we hope you're being safe, and we're glad that you've called in today. What's your comment or question? Well, I have a question about um, why don't insurances, and I'm talking about nationwide, every state, have a grace period where all the insurance companies give grace periods. Because a lot of times, one insurance company, and I'll use State Farm as an example, understands life is not easy and gives an, you know, a grace period. And then you have others, like, example, Hartford, that will cut you off at the knees 
even if you need it, and then turn around, you know, you need a little grace period, they'll catch you off at the knees, and then they turn around and immediately notify that state, and all of a sudden, you're being charged to reinstate it, whether it's 150000 I mean, $150, $300, $500, and honestly, when I just said 150000 it feels like that when you're on a fixed income. Why isn't it state mandatory that there be a grace period so that people can actually get a little bit of time to get things in order? That's an interesting question. I'm not sure our guest uh, can address that. Uh, Richard, is this more of a money talks? Do they need to, uh, we need to get insurance salesperson on money talks to talk about this? Or, or uh, really, you know, there's a department over insurance in the state, and probably, the, you know, they, they would be the ones to address that. And uh, and ultimately, I think we'd have to go through the legislature, would be my guess, to, to, to create a law like that for insurance companies to regulate insurance companies. But, um, you know, I don't have an answer for that. And I, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a fair question. But, um, yeah, I, I would therefore, like for people who are looking for insurance, Ask that question, you know, what if I miss a, a premium payment? Uh, can I have a grace period and still be covered? That's how they get you. I think Elizabeth, that's how they get you. We're always looking for guest ideas. We'll see about getting a, an insurance commissioner on the show to talk about that. We appreciate you calling in to suggest uh, that that's those are your rights and we need to know about those. But today we're talking about the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. Our guest is Eric Brown, and we've been talking a little bit about uh, the going digital for the the digital IDs. So, you know, you've talked about um, working with gaming. You've talked about working with uh, alcohol beverage control and the uh, law enforcement. You know, where where can you if if I get this downloaded on my phone? And I'm trying, folks, but I think. I don't know. I've got a little problem going on with my phone. But um, at, at work, yeah. we call that user error, but I'm not going to call that. I would never say that on the air. That would just be awful. So I would never do that. Once I do get this app going on my phone, where can I use it? Yeah. So right now, uh, there obviously, the number one place that I think that, that people could use it is if you do not have your license with you and you're driving down the road and you encounter law enforcement and they ask for it, you can show them this. Uh, we've sent out memos to the Sheriff's Association, to the Chiefs of Police. Uh, to I, I've been teaching at the Justice Court Clerks Conferences. I'm going to schedule to teach at the Justice Court Judges Conference. I've talked to municipal court judges about this. I've talked to prosecutors about it. You know, there's really no reason not to accept it. So that's one place uh, we think that uh, people are going to start seeing it going forward. Uh, but right now, uh, you know, places that can accept it now, you know, we'll, we'll see more in the future as they do it. But right now, there are, there are certain airports that will take it. Not not all of them, obviously, uh, but some will. Especially if you get that TSA pre-check, you can use that alongside, so that's helpful. Um, but right now, I cannot say exactly where it's being taken or where it's not. I can just say we're letting people know. We're letting them know. There's nothing that mandates they take it, but they're going to start seeing that it's much easier to do it that way. I mean, look, if y'all go back and remember, like, I remember when debit cards came out. You know, you started using a debit card, and all these gas stations didn't take it, right? It took forever and then all of a sudden, now you can't go to a gas station that does not take it, right? So, you know, they just it's going to take some time for things to, to move that way, but that's where we're, we're end up going. So we're just letting everybody know on the front end of this. Well, and speaking of at the airport, 
we we were lucky enough to have Eric on AutoCorrect on October 13th of 2022, and he talked more about the the Department of Public Safety. You mentioned Gulfport. Gulfport's got going on at the airport. What's what's going on there? Yeah, it's a, a pilot program that we have at the airport uh, in Gulfport where uh, we've got uh, a, a, a way to get someone an ID if they're at the airport and something goes wrong. All right, uh, we're just going to see how that works. Um, and if it goes well, we'll see if they can go further in other places. But that's just a – it seems to me I get the most panicked phone calls. Uh, and usually it's from attorneys that just happen to know me, and they'll call me from out of state, and they're at the airport. And it, they never admit that it's their ID that's lost. It's always their wife. They go, my wife lost her license, and we can't get on this plane. What do we do? And so I'll talk them through. There's you know options available to them that TSA will look at. Uh, I've heard stories – from as silly as showing a pill bottle to here's my name on it, along with the the, the, the name that's on the the ticket for the airplane itself, um, and then I've heard you know TSA saying hey we don't have to take that mobile if we don't want to, and, and clearly the state can't mandate the federal government do anything right now, uh, but where we are is is implementing this and getting it out there. You know right now we've got about. 168,000 people that have downloaded the app. That's me. And then we've got about 67,000 or so that have activated it. Meaning That's they've not gone, me. <laughs> gone, yeah, that have gone through the steps of making it work. So we're, we're not there yet, you know, but, but that's why we're doing this now. You know, we, we don't want to wait till the deadline and say, hey, everybody go get it, you know, which is not where we are. This is on the front end saying, hey, this is an option available if you want it. And Eric, you know, um, it seems to me, one, uh, you mentioned that it's not a replacement yet for the the card that we ha- that we carried simply because if I were to drive into Arkansas right now, they're not going to take it because Arkansas doesn't have this app. And, you know, the only neighboring state I saw was Louisiana, it looks like. Um, so uh, people have to be aware that not not only will the federal government uh, maybe not take it right yet, but there are a lot of states that don't have it yet, too. Sure. I mean, look, this is one of those times where Mississippi can say, we're at the front. We're doing it before a lot of people are, which we uh, I really like that idea. Um, and I think that's, like I said, a testament to the department as a whole. And instead of running away from uh, tough issues, they run straight towards it. And I think that I think the legislature required that we come up with this option because they saw the promise that the agency had with dealing with the issues that they were dealing with. I mean, there's there, we, we've made the turning the iceberg around is is pretty tough moving it anywhere but we've made some monumental changes in the past two years fantastic we'd love to get your email questions or your email fan fan emails our email address is legalterms at mpbonline.org we're talking with general counsel eric brown about your rights with the mississippi department of public service and we want to let you know I love researching answers to my own problems and just learning things about stuff I never even thought of. I think lots of our listeners fall into that category, too. I have got a great DPS website for you. That is next. Thank you for being part of In Legal Terms. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Oh, and what I love about the YouTube channel is that you can click on the transcript. And if you remember somebody said a word like uh, gaming, and you can type that in, and then it'll show you where on the podcast they talked about 
whatever word. I, I'm just loving the YouTube channel. I also get my law degree from, from YouTube and from TikTok. <laughs> so our host is Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. I'm Liz Gill. At 11 a.m. Central on Tuesdays, following our over-the-air broadcast, you can hear Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. So the Mississippi Department of Public Safety has an FAQ page. Now, here, it only has Bureau of Investigation, the Forensics Lab, and the Law Enforcement Officer Training Academy and the Medical Examiner. But, you know, reading some of these questions really help me know stuff I sort of wondered about. So you can access this from the dps.ms.gov slash FAQ. I love just knowing that things exist, Mm -hmm. and then you know how to get to them when you're interested in them. We're talking with uh, General Counsel Eric Brown about your rights in the Mississippi Department of Public Service. We've got another person with a fantastic name. Elizabeth, who is calling from Mississippi, has a question. Go ahead. Hi. I was trying to find out, let's say a company does not want to take digital. They only want to take hard copies. And the reason they do it is because they need to make sure that that person in front of them is actually the person with the, with the hard copy ID. Um, because the companies that I worked for, um, you see all kinds of things that you would think, okay, is this real or is it not? Is it real? You need to look really close at the person, and then you find out, okay, I'm looking close. This is not the same person. So is that legally binding that you, you – is it legally binding that you sh- – a company can say, no, our company policy is that we have to have a hard copy or because digital is in this world, the, the employee itself cannot be sued or anything like that, um, or the fact that the company can allow that to be their policy. Does that make sense? Sure. So at the, at the Department of Public Safety, what I can say we are worried about is whether or not the credential is backed by us. And the, there's only one credential that's out there that's backed by us that for the mobile ID, and that's the MS mobile ID uh, backed by Ademia. Uh, I am unaware of any fake apps that are out there that look like that. Um, but I want everybody to know the mobile ID is not a picture of your ID. That's not what it is. This is not just a screenshot of what your ID looks like. What would be the point? You could just take a picture of your ID yourself and stick it in a an album on your you know pictures folder, and then that be what you access. The mobile ID is not static. Uh, it shows a picture of your face that moves around. Uh, it, it's kind of weird looking. You know, it looks like you're moving, but you're not moving. Uh, but it has a verify button on there, and you can click on the verify button. And once you do that. The gold star that everybody's been looking for for so long for real ID compliance shows up on there, and it can be drug around the screen itself. So if the person can actually push the button and drag that star around right there, in real time it verifies. That means it, it contacts all of our supercomputers wherever they're located, and it, it syncs up everything together, and it shows you know, that it's legit, right? But if you go to verify it and your license is suspended, it's going to show up as suspended, right? So. Uh, we can't mandate, you know, I've, I've said this many times, I'll say it many times more. No one's required to have this yet. No company's required to accept it. No government uh, entity is uh, is saying this is the only one we'll accept. So what a private business does is going to really be, really be up to the private business. We can't mandate that they, they do anything with that right now. So, Elizabeth, if you have a question about uh, companies wanting the 
whether they can or can't have digital IDs, that would need to be a question for a different show. We have one more caller who's on the line, but I don't quite have what their phone number is. So if you're listening and you're on the line, I'm talking to you. Thanks for calling In Legal Terms. Oh, that's a wonderful program again. My question almost got touched on just then. My question is, this is Roger in Florence. I, I wonder if a person can update their photo once they've done this electronically because they've grown a beard or or something like that, or and, and how does that relate to the possibility of somebody disguising themselves and recreating a photo electronically and then pretending to be someone they're not when they get stopped by the patrolman? I'm not sure that's a clear question. But no, it makes sense to me. Is, I, I, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about, Roger. So uh, the way I see this is, uh, to make it clear to everybody, you cannot edit any of the information on the mobile ID nor can you input information on the mobile ID, nor can you take a picture with the mobile ID. You can't do any of those things at all. The mobile ID simply is a place where this information that we already have stored on someone, the picture, the information, populates into the mobile ID itself. So it's very much akin to when a, a law enforcement officer scans the back of an ID and it populates within their vehicle and what they can see. Uh, so that's really what it is. So you cannot manipulate the picture. You can't take a new one. Uh, you can't pretend to uh, – you can't change your identity without coming in. Well, you can't change your identity at all, but you, you definitely can't change the picture without coming in the place to take the picture there at the Driver Service Bureau. So it's helpful, but not – we're not – we're not it's mm. not doesn't replace the brick and mortar. No, place. not at all. And we don't want it to right now. We don't want people to be able to do that. That would not be a, a that would not be a, an issue of public safety to allow everyone to control their pictures whenever they wanted to. That that wouldn't be good. Thanks Roger. We appreciate you calling in. Well, thank you Roger. And that uh you know, uh, we we think about um mobile ID and we think about ID in general uh, on the road a lot and going through airports. Well, what about voting? Uh, sure. Would the mobile ID be usable in, in a voting situation? Yes. Yeah, so this past election, that we, people used it. Um, you know, it's okay. They, they, we educated the public about it. We, we let them know what they can and cannot accept. And then once they saw it and could verify, like we said, with that, that gold star, that's a form of identification. You know, so you know, uh, picture ID when it comes to voting is, is a lot simpler, I think, than people make it out to be sometimes. I think they say, oh, my gosh, I've got to have my ID to vote, and that's going to be really difficult. There are a lot of options available to the voter, a lot. Uh, and this is another one that the voter can have. We just want to make sure that the person voting is who they say they are. But the, and, the, and the mobile ID definitely lets them do that. You just have to get there to get your picture taken. <laughs> but with an appointment at the uh, – Department of Public Safety. That's right. You can make an appointment today. And, and Eric, you know, the, you mentioned Real ID. You mentioned the, the Gold Star. We had a show about Real ID in the past. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened with that? I, um, mm-hmm. My son was actually traveling from Kansas, and I asked him if he had a Real ID, and he had, he had no idea what I was talking about. And I thought, oh, no, he's not going to be able to get on the plane. Yeah. But he got on the plane, so. Yeah, they, they moved the deadline again. And by they, I mean the, the federal uh, the feds made the the change on there, obviously. So, you know, they we're, we're just this is another example of Mississippi being ahead of the game. You know, we have an extraordinary number of compliance when uh, when it comes to uh, real ID issues. I mean, everybody that's got a, an ID right now and everybody has a license in Mississippi has a real ID compliant issue. Now, 
people get into this thing. I've seen way too many videos about it. I've seen tweets that look silly about what real ID is and what it's not. Real ID does not mean real versus fake. That's not what this is. The the real means that it's backed. There's some federal government documents backing that person's identity so that we know who they are. Without real ID, we would have 50 states doing 50 different things, issuing credentials in whatever way they saw fit. And while that might seem appealing to certain people, that's not a good idea. I mean, because then you're going to have people go get that license. Look, I remember years ago, there were certain people that had license. I'm not going to say what profession they were in, but you can probably guess. They might have a license in Tennessee, might have one in Alabama, might have one in Mississippi. And they might just want to put this ticket on whatever ID they think they can put it on. That's got the less amount of points to it. Real ID compliance takes that away. Only one per, only one credential can be issued per person, and they're all synced together. So once we put that person's social in, we've got the date of birth that syncs up, it's going to immediately invalidate every other credential they've ever had. So they only have one. So that's really what Real ID means, is that we're, we're, we're sure that this is that person. And we did get some more emails, and they were fan emails. You've got everybody in the state listening to this. We've got uh, Jeremy and Johnny both said uh, what a, a great idea uh, and how great you are explaining the mobile ID. Johnny mentioned something about he wondered if the referees would have recognized roughing the passer calls if Joe Burrows had been carrying a mobile ID, but that's that's for a different show. Well, he, he should too. have been carrying something, you know, but you know, he wasn't carrying that team Sunday, I know that. So <laughs> Well we are so glad that you came. Y'all the the Department of Public Safety's website is so easy. It's dps.ms.gov. So much information Nobody needs to stand in line anymore, make an appointment. And, uh, you know, if you have to come to Jackson, come to Jackson. Jackson's a a lovely place, uh, especially if you have to go to that Woodrow Wilson place. I like that's a a lovely venue over there. But thank you, Eric. Thank you for being part of our show today. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Professor Gershon. He's part of he's the lead of our legal team, which includes uh, engineer Jay White, call screener Charles Arnold and podcast producer Jermaine Flood. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.